by Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit that gives hope to people that were caught in the devastation of addiction or overrun by emotions in this series. Learn how to identify feelings, what motivates actions, and find biblically-based solutions to manage emotions. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 15 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now, here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom. For those you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, what will we talk about today? Today, we're going to be talking about our thoughts. Our thoughts. It sounds like it could be good or it could be bad. Yes. Okay. Would you please open today's program with a word of prayer? Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to um, explore and discuss the the things that you have for us today. We pray that you will help us to have good thoughts throughout our lives and, and to just help us to find um, ways to be able to, to um, help our thoughts to be better. And we just thank you for all that you do and have done and, and will do in our lives. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As one of the most utilized forms of mental health intervention today, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is based on the assumption that most psychological problems are improved by identifying and changing inaccurate and dysfunctional perceptions, thoughts, and behaviors. People with depression tend to interpret facts negatively. Mm -hmm. You know, people with anxiety tend to look at the future with apprehension. Those with low self-esteem maximize others' successes and minimize their own. We do all kinds of things in our mind, don't we? We do. Cognitive behavioral therapy, therefore, trains people to identify and change their unhealthy thinking habits into better alternatives that promote desirable behavior and eliminate unwanted ones. The Bible teaches us about the connection between thoughts and actions in the book of Luke. In fact, in Luke uh, 645 it reads the good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for out of the ov- overflow or out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks hmm. good thought patterns not only are healthy but also provide a way towards integrity right in proverbs 14:22 the bible says do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. So let's talk today about thoughts as the root of behavior. Why? Why would we do that? Well, because that's what Jesus did. Right. In Mark 7.20, uh, the Bible says, What comes out of a mouth is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. All these evils come or start from inside. People who suffer from impulse control disorders fail to resist the impulse to steal or to tax someone or to gamble or whatever the impulse might be. 
mental health clinicians know that these impulses often are preceded by a certain thought or a chain of thoughts which leads to the undesirable behavior. Consequently, patients are trained to identify those thought triggers, dispel them immediately, and occupy their minds with something else. In this way, they gain control of their thoughts and avoid the actions that these wrong thoughts so often lead to. Indeed, sinful acts are often preceded by definite thoughts. I mean, isn't that what temptation is all about? Mm. If you look in the book of James, it kind of outlines uh, what happens precluding sin. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the duty of every Christian to learn to identify, with God's help, of course, these the first steps in this process because by dwelling on wrong thoughts they lead almost inevitably to sin right in romans 8 5 it says those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires the mind of sinful man is death but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace the sinful mind is host, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Wow. So let's go back and take that apart just for a second, because those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Right. So if you're going to dwell on what the sinful nature desires, I'm sorry, there's nothing that we can do to change the way you're going to behave. Right. I mean, because the mind is dwelling on it. Mind and behavior are shown by Paul that they're intimately linked. The spirit-filled mind will seek good deeds. The sin-dominated mind will bring out sinful deeds. It's a, it's a real simple equation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can back-check this in your own life. The more connected to God we are, the more logic and reason will over, override sinful pleasure. But the less connected to God we are, the more sinful pleasure will override logic and reason. It's a pretty simple equation. Right. I mean, when you find yourself wandering from God, where do you wander to? Mm-hmm. You don't wander to some vacuum somewhere. You wander over to the devil. Right. There's no middle ground. In other words, separation from God, it's, what do we have? There there can be only one master on the throne, right? So you choose. Yeah, exactly. There's only one on the throne. Susan and I, in fact, Susan likes to grow a garden. And she grows one. She does. She grows one in the winter and one in the summer. What do you have to do to grow your weeds? I don't have to do anything. They're, they're, They're there all year long. See, and that's the way it is with bad character traits and bad thoughts. If we don't cultivate. If we don't do the things, dig out the things that are bad, and yeah, taking and up space, cultivate water, do, and and then what happens to what do you have to do to grow nice flowers or nice fruit or nice um, uh, tomatoes? You have to tend to them. You, you have, have to. to you've got to tie them up. You've got to train them. You've got to water them. Give them the correct nutrients. Make sure they have enough sun and heat. And and that's the way it is with our brains. Believe right. it or not, if you just what do you have to do to grow to grow bad character traits? Nothing. Just, that will guarantee you had to, to grow right. those. Yeah, bad yeah. Traits. Just let yourself go, and they will automatically grow, just like weeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really good analogy um, to why we have to 
keep our eyes in the Bible and prayer and all that type of stuff. We have to nurture that ground, that soil. We have to take care of our minds. It's it's fertile soil, but it will grow weeds. Right. Um, now, it won't work just to try to change behavior to be righteous. Remember last week we talked about Nicodemus. He thought he was doing all the acting and, and doing everything right. Well, believe it or not, a hypocrite or hip, hypocrisy in the Greek is to be a hypocrite. It means to be an actor. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. And, you know, um, I think that's what a lot of the Pharisees had a problem with and a lot of Christians do today is because um, the heart or the mind needs to be transformed or else eventually the fruits will throw the show the true nature of that heart they will art now on another note because these kind of this kind of goes hand in hand i mean if you ever tried if you've ever been around somebody that's positive you know that's always positive and it, it, they can keep things positive by what they say mm-hmm. in other words our our words either build up or tear down there's life and death in the words we speak believe it or not um how careful we need to be with those thoughts and those sentiments that come out of our mouths. That's right. In Acts 14, um, the Bible says, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Okay, let's stop right there. They spoke so effectively that Jews, a great number of Jews and Gentiles believe. Now, what what... What is the next text in the Bible? But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Wow. That's incredible. You see, so what we say has an effect on people's minds. Right. In Acts fifteen twenty four, what does it say? It says, We have heard that, that some went out from us went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. Okay, so you're going to back, go back and resubstantiate it. That's right. Right. Have you ever been, had your faith, like, shaken by what somebody had said? Because even in if we look in the Bible, we have examples. Remember remember the Galatians? Yes. And and. Paul was talking to them about how good their faith was, but then something happened. What happened to right. him? Right. In Galatians 3, 1, Paul says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. So who you've been listening to, basically, is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You knew at one time who your Savior was. Right. Why have you gone off the rails? Because of what somebody said. Right. Have you ever had your whole world rocked by someone's words? Yes. Um. Has there ever been a time like when someone tore you down by the words they spoke? Yes. I know for me, uh, and I don't know if I told this story before or not, but I'm, I'm the first time I ever wore a suit to church, somebody came up to me and said, it's about time you started dressing right for church. Well, you know, come on. Well, you were a new Christian and we're trying, you know, nothing you ever did had ever been right in, in your life. And so now we're turning a new leaf and trying to be a new person and, Lo and behold, you still weren't right. Yeah, it was it was a you know, and bless the saint. He, whatever his motives were, I'm sure that they were okay. But it just we got to watch what we say to people sometimes. And uh, I don't know, have you have you ever been torn down by what somebody well, said? Well, one time there was somebody that came up to me and and she took her finger and she touched my arm and she said, "I've never touched a prisoner before." 
and and this this was after you were clean and sober, working somewhere or in church or something like that. Right. So it's it's in the place where I least expected it. Yeah, and so uh, we've we've got to be careful with what we say, because see, it all starts with the thoughts. Right. How could we be sure not to do something uh, something like that to someone else? What what is what is wholesome thinking? Well, in Philippians four eight, it tells us it says, "Finally, brethren." Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, so what is the essence of Paul's words to us here? Have good thoughts. That's basically it. Why would he instruct us and tell us what to think about? Right. You know, because that's, I think, where our freedom lies. You know, we can, there's all kinds of things that can happen to us, but our freedom, true freedom, lies in what our thinking is. That's right. The Bible also teaches a key into doing what Paul says here. In other words, he instructs us to think of, you know, these pure and true and whatever is right and, and think about these things. But in Second Peter, we get a, a very um, explicit in detailed message on how to do that. That's right. It says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Now let's let's break that down. So now he's writing a second letter. Right. He said, I've written both of them as reminders so that you will think wholesomely. So w- what is that letter that he wrote? It was called Second Peter. Right. Where is Second Peter at? It's in the Bible. Yes. So he's saying, read this letter. So what would, so in other words, he says, if you go to the Bible, the Bible will stimulate you Into to whole, right thinking. Right thinking. Now, what else does he say? He also says in, in 2 Peter 3, 2, I want you to recall the word, words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. So he's saying, uh, not only that, but I want you to go back to the prophets. Right. So go back to the Old Testament. Go back to the Old Testament. Right. So he's saying... <laughs> and all the teachers that, that, have, that, have, that are in this book. And that will stimulate your mind to, to right thinking. Right. So it's a very direct connection that Peter gives us. Now, remembering, repeating, thinking about, meditating on the words in the Bible is one of the greatest spiritual blessings available to us. And it's a sure way to cultivate what Peter called wholesome thinking. And that's a key word, cultivating. Remember, what do you got to gr- do to grow weeds? Nothing. Nothing. What do you got to do to grow bad character traits? Nothing. Just let yourself go. Many people have obtained invaluable blessings by committing to memory treasured Bible texts. When confronted with moments of worry, doubt, or fear, or frustration, or temptation, they've repeated such thoughts in their minds and have obtained relief and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. I know um, as far as I got in memorization so far as I've memorized the first chapter of John. Mm -hmm. But you know what? There have been so many times when I've needed that. Well, and I think, too, when we first came out of addiction and we started to actually have a personal study, Bible study with somebody, they said, their, their first instruction was memorize these verses, and it was a list of verses. And yeah. we still remember those today, yeah. and that was they, quite a few years ago. They gave us about six verses to memorize, and you know, you pull, And there were great promises. They still are great promises. If we confess that we our sins, he is faithful and just, just to, to forgive us our sins and, and to cleanse us from, from all unrighteousness. unrighteousness. You know, and when you make a mistake, you just pull that one out. That's right, because it's not... It's not it, those are what God's thoughts are towards us. That's right. And, and a lot of those 
promises that, that this person had us memorize are those things that those promises that you need to recall when you're discouraged. They, that needs to fill our thinking, not the negative and, and bad thoughts. That positive word from God is what needs to fill the brain. Yeah, I don't know if I could find a text in the Bible that says, Rich, you're worthless. Right. It won't be there. No, he has thoughts of only peace, peace. for you That's and right. good. And so we have to remember that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. Even when we say we can't, he says, well... The Bible says you can. So you can. And, you know, there is so much competition for the Bible out there now. And that's that's a really, you know, um, the Bible says that these are perilous times mm-hmm. right now. And I think that this is part of it because there's TVs, computers. Uh, you got all kinds of stuff in our pocket that we can be reading and looking at and listening to. And uh, we're being tempted to put the Bible aside so and, and you know what, not only that, but to give up good thinking, to just veg and and let other people direct our thoughts to whichever way the wind blows. That's yeah. what's really happening these that days That's exactly what's happening with all that technology right. and everybody, all that input, and that mm-hmm. a lot of it's not really pure input. Right. You know, and, and we go back to that, you know, what should we be dwelling on? Things that are pure and true and right. And That's right, because the Word of God is the only true fortification we have against the mental onslaught of unspiritual distractions that come from this world. It's the only thing. The Bible's clear. God cares about our thoughts because our thoughts impact our words, our actions, and our overall well-being. An author once put it this way. We need a constant sense of the uplifting power of pure thoughts and the damaging influence of evil thoughts. Let us place our thoughts upon holy things. Let them be pure and true, for the only security for any soul is right thinking. Right, and the Bible testifies to that. God is constantly um, saying, telling us, you know, if your heart's right, if your thinking's right, you're going to be right. And uh, just keep my eyes, keep your eyes on me. You know, another thing is prayer. Prayer is a way to keep the mind out of trouble. Yes. Um, while we talk to God, there's a little chance for lustful or other forms of selfish thoughts when we're in prayer. Um, prayerful habit, acquiring prayerful habits is sure protection from sinful thoughts and consequently from sinful action. The good news is that the, through meditating on the Bible, through prayer, and through spirit-inspired choices on our part, we can keep our minds and our hearts on things that will uplift ourselves and others as well. It, it will permeate, will it not? That's right. And we hear the Bible writers so often speaking about the heart. In fact, in our opening text in Luke 6:45, the Bible says, "Out of the abundance of her of the heart, the mouth speaks." So what is it what what does that mean? What is the what heart? What is the heart? See, cuz the word heart often is used in the Bible as the seat of the thoughts and emotions. Only God has access to that intimate part of our mental activity, um, you know, to our true intentions and to our secret yearnings. Nothing, even in the form of a fleeting thought, can be hidden from the Creator. Now, this that may be scary. You, this may scare you, <laughs> right. you know, but it's we're not to worry, because this can also be to our advantage. See, because when we're too discouraged or to utter a you know a, a word of prayer or too down or to trouble, God still knows our needs, and he supplies our... I don't think we understand how much God supplies our needs, whether we pray for them or not. He is constantly... Aware I mean, of them and taking care of them. He's constantly aware of us, of what's going on with us. You know, as a people, we look only at the outer appearance and the behaviors, and then we try to imagine 
what someone's thinking. In fact, sometimes we um, say we know what someone's thinking. I know what you're thinking and whatnot, but we cannot read minds, can we? No. But God knows the thoughts in ways that, uh, that, that people can't. That's right. In 1 Kings 8.39, the Bible says, Then hear from heaven your dwelling place, forgive and act. Deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart, for you alone know the hearts of all men. And Psalms 19.14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And First Chronicles 28.9 says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Wow. The Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. That's incredible. To, to even, I can't even wrap my mind about around the mind of God. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, um, but I think that's what's so fascinating about Christianity is, is the bar is never... The set. bar is never set. Right. There's always a, a, a higher, something higher to attain. Right. So um, understanding that God searches the heart and every motive and understanding that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to conviv- con- forgive our sins. Um, how does this truth impact us? I mean, does the truth make you nervous and fearful about God knowing everything Mm -hmm. that you can think, or does it make you want to communicate with God more? Mm -hmm. When you communicate with God, it doesn't bring him down to your level. Did you know that? Right. It takes you up to his. I don't, I think a lot of times, um, we think that that we need God to come down to our level and, uh, and hear us. And, 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 but really we're, it brings us up to his level, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? As you make everyday decisions, personal or work-related, or think of other people, pause for a moment and send a quiet prayer to God. Enjoy the understanding of an intimate dialogue that is for you and God alone. You know, the devil, he can't, when you're praying to God, the devil can't get in on that conversation. That's not his territory. Nobody else in the universe is privy to this communication. Allowing Christ into your thinking process will safeguard you from the temptation, uh, from temptation, and bring spiritual blessings. This process will, beyond doubt, help you build a closer walk with God. Right. In Colossians three twelve, the Bible says, "Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience." Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. All dealing with thoughts once again. That's right. In Colossians 3.14 it says, And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Remember where's the heart? Mm, It's the mind. It's the mind. Since as members of one body... You were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God 
the Father through him. What does that mean? Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. What is the Bible talking about here? Doing think something in the name of God means that God, we are representing God, aren't we? Right. And it, we need to carry ourselves that way. That's right. And it starts in it starts the with thoughts. Your thoughts. That's it. Do all in the name of the Lord. Surrender all to God's to God's leading, and we'll have the right thoughts. That's right. Christ is the source of virtue and goodness. Christ, when allowed by us, is the only one capable bringing true peace to our minds. Our minds, then, being the core of our existence, need to be put under the care of Jesus. It's central to the development of character and it cannot be left to the mercy of circumstances. That's right. Our thoughts, if stayed upon God, will be guided by divine love and power. And as we close today, folks, we would like you to keep in mind that there is a difference between having emotions and your emotions having you. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in captivity, overrun with the devastation of addiction and unmanaged emotions. Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction and unmanaged emotions, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to www.justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.